listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. It's a brand new episode of Podcasters of S.H.I.E.L.D., Cinema Geekly's Marvel podcast. It's Anthony Lewis along with you once again to uh, continue wrapping up and complete our series on She-Hulk, Attorney at Law on Disney+. Plus. In case you're just tuning in, uh, Aurora has not seen uh, She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, and uh, I am just kind of finishing up the show where we left off. So, we're going to jump right in with episode 7, The Retreat. This sees Jennifer go on several dates with Josh Miller, who she met at Lulu's wedding, but he disappears and seemingly ghosts her after they sleep together. While anticipating a text from him, she receives a call from Emil Blonsky's parole officer, who informs her that his inhibitor... That stops Blonsky from turning into the abomination is broken and that he wants her to accompany him to Blonsky's spiritual summer twilight retreat to check on him. When the officer leaves, she runs into, uh, Jennifer does, Manbull and El Aguila. Uh, they accidentally destroy her car, forcing her to stay there until it can be towed away. Despite the retreat lacking internet and cell coverage, Jennifer continues to nervously await a response from Josh. She attends a group therapy session with Blonsky, Manbull, uh, Aguila, Porcupine, and Saccharin. Uh, oh, and Wrecker, who she met in an earlier episode, where she is convinced to delete Miller's contact information and let go of her feelings towards him. It is revealed that three days earlier, Miller secretly cloned Walter's phone and stole a sample of her blood on the behalf of Hulk King after sleeping with her. So I did not like this episode. I, uh, in fact, I would say three quarters of it. I just wasn't here for, uh, the concept of needing to go to Blonsky's spiritual retreat is like a good, you know, joke, but not, I feel like not really the whole premise for the episode. A lot of the characters that we met in here were just, I don't know. There was uh, an air of silliness and cartoonishness that is just not really for me. And nothing about the characters at the retreat were particularly interesting or captivating to me. I did think by the end of the episode, I'm like, oh, finally, something is happening here in this show. Like, we're finally something. I mean, it took until seven episodes and there's only two episodes left. But hey, finally, something is happening in this show where they reveal that Josh was actually working for Intelligentsia and cloned her phone and stole a sample of her blood. And I'm like, okay, finally, we're going to see something happen here. 
But that was at the very end of the episode, and it just didn't do anything for me. And I gave this episode a two and a half as well. And at this point in the show, I was starting to feel really bummed. Uh, this was like not, this was not working the way that I wanted it to. Uh, the show was just, it just wasn't going the way I was hoping it was going to go, which was something more along the lines of, uh, like Jennifer learns to, I mean, and they do do this to a degree, but it's so muddy by the end. Uh, but I was hoping that, that we were going to get some sort of story where Jennifer learns to accept who she is, like, except Jen, right? Um, and not just, at, at first it was like she didn't want to be She-Hulk, but then she realized, like, she was becoming everything she ever kind of wanted to be when she was She-Hulk. And was always sort of embarrassed or kind of mm, maybe pushed aside the idea of being Jen Walters. And I was thinking like, oh, this is, you know, this is going to be the good arc of she learns to accept all of who she is, not just the things that happen to be a part of her. Uh, but we never really got that in full measure. Uh, and episode seven just didn't work for me. But episode eight really worked for me. That's Ribbit, uh, Ribbit and Ripit where Jennifer takes on a new case representing Eugene Patilio, a.k.a. Leapfrog, who wishes to sue Luke Jacobson for giving him a faulty supersuit. Jacobson is represented by one of his clients, one Matt Murdock, a.k.a. Daredevil in court, and wins the case due to Patilio, inadvertently revealing that he actually disobeyed Jacobson's instructions by using jet fuel in his boosters, uh, instead of the recommended fuel. Afterwards, Patilio contacts Jennifer asking for help against an unknown assailant. Walters arrives and battles the assailant, who she discovers to be Matt Murdock, of course, and uh, in his superhero persona, Daredevil. Murdock reveals to Walters that Patilio kidnapped Jacobson, and the two actually end up working together to rescue Luke before sleeping together. The next day, Jennifer attends a Southern California Law Awards Gala where she accepts Female Lawyer of the Year, but the gala is interrupted by an intelligentsia broadcast which smears Walter's reputation by displaying footage of her in bed with Miller. Briefly losing control, Walters goes on a rampage destroying the gala stage and attempting to capture a nearby intelligentsia member only to be apprehended by the Department of Damage Control. And at this point, I'm like, okay... Here we go. I had some qualms with this episode, but this was easily the best episode of this show. And in part, honestly, due to large measure to um, uh, the appearance of Matt Murdock, a.k.a. Daredevil, who we knew was going to be in the show. He was teased in the trailers and uh, ever since his reappearance in Spider-Man No Way Home. And I think, it, oh, the announcement, of course, of the show, like Daredevil Reborn, uh, all these announcements. He's going to appear as a voice in the animated Spider-Man show. He's going to appear in the Echo TV. He's all, he's all over the place now. And I knew Charlie Cox was going to deliver. The one thing that I did not know was how much like his Netflix Daredevil character was he going to be. And honestly, they straddled the line perfectly. 
he basically stayed very true to that character, very much like how Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin was basically note for note in uh, the Hawkeye show as he was in the Netflix show. So, I mean, to me, it canonizes those Netflix shows. It's just a lot of time has passed. He's a little bit of a different person than he was before, but not really. He's very much the same, and he stole every scene he was in. He was so great in here. Um, I'm not a huge fan of them just sleeping together. Like, I get it, but also that sort of thing just isn't really for me. So uh, that was sort of a detracting point, but, you know, not really. In an overall great episode, the courtroom scene was a lot of fun. The action stuff was very good. Their chemistry in this was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. And then, of course, at the end, when uh, the intelligentsia smear happens, and of course, we shouldn't look over the fact that during the California Law Awards, uh, she accepts Female Lawyer of the Year, but... uh, you know, they also gave the award to like every other California female lawyer or whatever at the same time, like they all co won the award or whatever. Um, but when she went on a rampage and then was apprehended by the DODC and she gives this look to the camera at the end, it was kind of a fourth wall break. Uh, but like a, what I thought was sort of a, a good one, like, Oh man, things have, uh, gone really bad. And I'm like, finally, the show, okay, after the tail end of the last episode and this episode, all right, we've picked things up. I can't wait for the final episode. And, <laughs> oh man, we, I mean, we get a final episode and there's some stuff in it that, well, we'll talk about it, right? All right, so uh, I gave Ribbit and Rip It a four. I thought it was an excellent episode, easily the best of the series. And that means there's but one episode left to talk about. And uh, we're going to do that next week. But in the meantime, you can head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can check out the archives of the show. Of course, this is a listener-supported podcast. And there are a couple ways you can help out if you so choose. We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash cinemageekly. We have the merch store, geeklymerch.com. Links for both are in the show notes for this episode. Of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and Audible. Just search for Podcasters of S.H.I.E.L.D., hit subscribe. And that way you can join me next time to talk about the She-Hulk Attorney at Law finale, episode 9. Whose show is this? Whose show is this?